The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks, Robert. Seven minutes past eight. The forum this morning, researchers at South Africa's uh, Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, the CSIR, have developed, uh, I'm sure you've heard in the news, a breakthrough in laser technology, ushering in the way for new laser applications in areas ranging from medicine to communications. CSIR researcher Sandy Lenobo, whose experimental work led to the breakthrough, believes the digital laser would prove to be an... uh, would be would prove to be a disruptive to be a disruptive technology. Okay, perhaps you, they can tell us a bit more what that means. Noble says his technology may change the status quo and could possibly create new markets and value networks within the next few years or decades. And uh, most people know that the world's first heart transplant was performed in Cape Town by Dr. Chris Barnard. But did you know that other South African inventions include the CAT scan, uh, Dollis and uh, Creepy Crawly? Uh, These are just some of the many inventions to emerge from our country over the years. And the forum this morning, the question we're asking, how can South Africans become a more inventive society? Good morning and welcome to... Professor Andrew Forbes, he's a chief researcher and uh, research group leader at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. A very good morning to you, Professor. Thank you for joining us. Yes, good morning to you. Thank you for having me. In the studio with me this morning, I've got Tafos Kalantzis. He's a designer and inventor. A very good morning to you. Good morning. And uh, also say good morning and welcome to Gavin Mgeni, group manager and head of the Design Institute and Innovation at the South African Bureau of Standards. Good morning to you as well. Good morning. Morning to your listeners as well. Thanks for having me. Perhaps I should start with you, Professor Forbes. Um, okay, we'll, we'll get into this latest invention that uh, we should all be proud of in just a moment. But what is it about South Africa that we are so bad at celebrating these fantastic milestones and even informing our society about them? Well. I don't know. I think, I think that we do celebrate them when they come about. <clears throat> Certainly my experience is that if we look at this particular um, discovery, the Department of Science and Technology and the CSR and the media have all been very engaged and, and positive and certainly have taken the story to heights that we didn't expect it to go to. Mm-hmm. So we're thrilled with that. I think, we do, I think we do celebrate our successes. We probably just don't have enough of them. We don't have enough of them, is that what you're saying? Yes. And why do you say that? Well, I think that we should be having these type of breakthroughs and technologies every week, every month. Mm-hmm. They should be run-of-the-mill type stories. Instead, I think it happens once in a while, and um, and that's just not good enough, I think. If we want to really push our science and, and see entrepreneurs spin out new technology companies and grow the economy towards this knowledge-based economy that the government wants. We need people to be at the very cutting edge of, of science and engineering. Before I talk about the environment, perhaps, Tafos uh, Kalantzis, uh, if I could get you to, to come in on this, do you agree with the professor that there just aren't enough of these innovations? Yeah, absolutely. Inventions and innovations? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that... Um, uh, for a country of our size, I mean, we, we tend to forget, you know, we have the 30th largest economy in the world, somewhere around there. And f- for a country of our size and um, the, the, the type of technology we're capable of producing, we should have many more of these. I, I definitely agree. Um, I'm, I don't agree, though, that we, that we celebrate them enough. 
I think that it's always a surprise when you find out about some of these things years later. Absolutely, because when I was just going through some of the stuff that uh, have come out of South Africa, I mean, the creepy cruelty, I think we all remember, but the things like the abs therapy, uh, Pratly Putty, for instance, okay, that we've heard about, uh, the speed gun, these yeah. are things that we need reminders of. Yes, and there was a, f- a famous one recently, the the uh, Lodox Statscan machine that was on Grey's Anatomy. Um, and that company's been around for longer than 10 years, and so after 10 years we suddenly discover we have this amazing medical breakthrough coming out of uh, uh, South Africa. Uh, and the, the technology was developed at, uh, in Cape Town, and at, uh, the company exists in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And it took, it took Grey's Anatomy for South Africa to know that existed. And what do you think are some of the hindrances, uh, Gavin and Gany? Well, I think the most important thing that we tend to misunderstand in South Africa is that innovation is currently just seen as a buzzword. There's a strong polarization, in my view, um, between technology innovation and then you have industrial innovation on the other side. What the National System of Innovation, in my view, does at this particular point in time is to look at technology alone. And that is where we shoot ourselves in the foot because innovation is cross-sector. It's cross-functional. And we do not even focus on the concept of design. What the NSI currently is doing is to produce um, research on the one side and nothing hits the market. So I think the concern that I have sitting in the Design Institute is that design is not seen as imperative. We are currently doing de- um, design or research and design, not re- sorry, research and development, not research for mm-hmm. development. And that is my concern in South Africa. So I think uh, the professor is currently also right in the sense that there's a lot happening behind the scenes. But my personal view is that we are just filling up archives in this, um, so to say, knowledge-based economy because design is not seen as imperative. And just to come back to that, Professor, as I mentioned, whether or not the environment exists for entrepreneurship, for inventions, innovations, uh, some would argue that it's it's probably got a lot to do with the policy environment as well that is often geared towards priority errors areas rather in terms of for instance creating jobs etc that we don't focus enough we don't even put enough resources towards these kind of things yes I mean on, on the one hand you're, you're right I, I think and yet if you were to do a paper study you will see that there's many many government initiatives you know from Kia and the RDC and, and the old innovation fund and FRIP I mean there, there's countless initiatives to try and encourage, uh, I guess, young people to take new ideas all the way through the innovation chain. And, and I totally agree with the speaker about you know, integrating design and coming out with something really at the end of the day that you have a product. So those things exist, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's only my personal opinion, but I think probably we don't have enough role models, one thing. You know, it's, if, you, if you believe that you can be successful because you see success all around you, then it's much easier than if you don't. And I think that um, we probably we don't we don't have the sort of nurturing and innovative culture that we need in order to get those people to make that jump. I see it with my own students, you know, they're very reluctant to to take their idea and start a company. They'd rather get a a good job somewhere in the government. Uh, but. Uh 
Mr. Kalan, since I hear you probably thinking that's because nobody is going out there and saying to to young people, to even people in general, that here here's the infrastructure, here are the resources. Uh, I mean, the prof here is saying that there aren't enough role models. That's mm-hmm. something I'm sure you disagree with. Well, actually, yes and no. I think that... Um, most people who have great potential, great ideas, um, don't know what to do with them in South Africa. I think we meet uh, gee, hundreds of young people every year uh, because I teach at universities as well as doing uh, the consulting in our studio who have great ideas and who have a lot of potential and don't quite know what to do with it. The things exist to help them get there. That's why I'm so glad that, uh, that Gavin McGinney is on the phone as well because uh, I've been following the work of the Design Institute and they are... I think, in a great position to help people find mm. out what to do next with their idea. I mean, if you have a great idea, you could take it there, and the people there would help you uh, find out what to do with it. Um, should I raise funding? Uh, should I start the business myself? Is there somebody I can partner with or whatever? But I think that it's so difficult to do, um, that, and, and it's, it's so unknown to people, that they don't really want to get into it, or, or they don't know how to get into it. I should have probably started by asking you to tell us about your invention and how ah. you went about it. How you, yeah. you, you even thought that you could do it, if you did at all. Yes, well, uh, you know, fortunately for us, we've, uh, we've been for nearly 20 years now uh, in a design studio developing uh, consumer products, especially for American companies and uh, for European companies uh, that have sold around the world. So we picked up that experience through that. And then finally, we've decided to launch our own product. Um, and do you mind if I tell you about the product? No, I'd like you to. That's why I said All right. So, so um, I'm sure you know that every year we have these stories about um, homes burning down, shacks burning down uh, in townships across South Africa. And uh, very often the cause is a faulty paraffin stove because millions of South Africans cook on a paraffin stove. So what we did is designed a very safe one that if it falls over, the flame goes out. Um, the, the company's called Aridi, and the little stove is called Eva, and that stove will be um, coming onto the market later in the year, but it's taken us four years to develop the stove just to solve that problem. It's also, you know, it's clean burning, and it you know, doesn't make smoke, and so it's a beautiful little thing to cook on. But without a lot of help, through various funders and institutions around, uh, we could never have done that. And even with all these years of experience behind us, we found it a long haul to, to, to get our product to market. We'll, we'll be in the market later in the year, as I say, and we have, we'll be selling them through uh, retail chains like Barnett's. Um, but it's, it's a kind of a thing that when, when an entrepreneur starts out, that person or that team needs a lot of help to get there. Mm. And just to come back to you, Mr. Mgeni, about this, because I see that in some countries you have uh, organisms or innovation centers that help people do this, sort of connect the dots between research, finance, etc. Now, you, you are all saying that we do have support structures in this country. Do we have such centers? Well, the the problem, I mean, um, I've been with the Institute for so about three months, and my biggest concern always was the issue of accessibility within South Africa. And like the professor says, there's quite a number of agencies operating within South Africa. The problem that the Institute realized is that there's no clear value chain. The person coming in from the street with a particular idea or particular invention 
he does not necessarily know how to access these agencies or funding streams. Remember I stated earlier on there's a total um, polarization between technology innovation and industrial innovation. If you sit in the middle, where do you go to? So the Design Institute's mm. purpose was to look at how do we make this thing easier for people. We've launched the GoToHub. It is just the center where we welcome people to come in. We have people like Tassos actually sitting in the room there as well as part of our design expert panel to look at this particular idea and also to tell people where to go and what is the process to follow, what's the potential funding. The most important thing that we do as the Design Institute is to change people's thinking from just gathering research but also to look at the design thinking methodology of does this thing have the potential to create commercial value. The problem that we have is that our policies and our agencies does not talk to each other. And that is the gap where the Design Institute tried to render service to actually spur this creative economy because we do not understand in South Africa the concept of unlocking economic equity within a creative economy. If you take a look back in 2008-9, since the advent of the global recession, what happened globally? People started tapping into the creative economy, new products has come to the markets, new services has come to the markets, but what did South Africa do? We virtually doubled our, our funds into R&D without focusing on commercialization or bringing ideas to the market that can actually bring solutions um, to the market and also spur economic activity within the country. So um, the Design Institute's focus is to try and cover that particular gap and to make it easy for people. The other aspect on entrepreneurship, for instance, we have a tendency to focus on the skills needed for entrepreneurship. But in what positive position could we be as a country if we translate the knowledge in R&D and to give that idea through to start new enterprises? And that is where design thinking steps in. All right, we'll talk about policy and the environment, as you say, for, for some of these in just a moment. 0891104208, this is the number that you can call SMS us on 34701, 34701, two rand per SMS, it'll cost you. The question we're asking, how can South Africans become a more inventive society? 21 minutes past eight. The South African Guides in partnership with SAFM will be hosting monthly radio broadcasts to promote trade and investment opportunities to local business and foreign investors. So if you have a business in Impumalanga, join us at the launch of the Impumalanga Symposium on the 25th of September 2013. The email to contact us on svp at bbmmedia.co.za or to visit the website southafricanguide.co.za. The City of Johannesburg is committed to improving the quality of life of its residents through various initiatives, including investment in infrastructure. One such project is the maintenance of the M1 freeway from Collet Drive to the Crown Interchange. The project, estimated to cost 300 million rand over three years, will see the maintenance to some of the bridge structures, the stormwater drainage system, and road resurfacing. Joburg, improving quality of life through infrastructure development. Joburg, a world-class African city. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.
22 minutes past eight, we continue with our conversation here on the forum. The question we're asking, how can South Africans become a more inventive society? In conversation with Professor Andrew Forbes, he is a chief researcher and research group leader at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, otherwise known as CSIR. Tafos Kalantzis is a designer and inventor. Also in the studio with us, Gavin McGenny, group manager and head of the Design Institute and Innovation at the South African Bureau of Standards and if you'd like to call us, just uh, use this number 891 We've got Richard on the line from Durban. Hi, Richard. Good morning. Hi, and good morning to your guests. Uh, I've actually known Tassos, um, and uh, my company is a, a winner a couple of years back of both the SABS Design Award for one of our products, which is the Adept Aircraft Engine, um, and also the SABS's uh, Chairman's Award for Design. Mm-hmm. Um, We've, we've, we're a project that's been going for about 10, just over 10 years now. We've been fortunate in that we are supported by, initially, the support came from the Innovation Fund, um, and then through TIA. But what we've designed and produced is the first general aviation aircraft engine that can actually run on unleaded fuels and run on biofuels as well. Um, this year we were invited to go and display the engine at uh, the largest air show in the, in the world, at the United States, in Oshkosh, where they get over half a million people. And we were voted uh, the third best, the first, uh, and, and the best technology um, product on display by one of the largest websites in in, in the industry. And we're also establishing a facility in South Africa, which is uh, going to be hopefully the catalyst for a, a South African general aviation industry, which is going to be, we believe, something which we can lead into Africa. But the point is that you know we've taken ten years to do this. Um, we are, as I say, a tier-supported uh, enterprise. TIA has their own, at the moment, there are some internal difficulties which TIA is going through. But, you know, even the support that we've had uh, from TIA, I think in many cases doesn't um, recognize the scope and the extent of what we can actually do in Africa. We were amazed to come back. I mean, we, we our show in the United States was absolutely mind-blowing because the um, the potential for sales in South Africa is absolutely huge. We could dominate the GA engine market going mm. forward in our category. And the problem that we have is that, you know, even our supporters out here say, well, don't think like a big company. You know, you're not mm. a big company. The fact of the matter is we have to think globally. We have to become a big company. Okay. Um, right. And as I say, it's one of the difficulties. I'd just like your, your panel's um, thoughts on that. All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Richard. We've got uh, Faisal on the line from uh, Mayfair. Hi, Faisal. Hi. Hi, Tapisa. Hi. Uh, Tapisa, you know, the, the reason why we're not innovators enough is because the majority of our population is steeped in traditional beliefs and pseudoscience. I mean, for example, here in Johannesburg, in every corner there's a, a, a poster on, on penis enlargement by a syndrome. So we, we go to our soccer matches and, uh, and our soccer clubs are, are, are cutting chickens before the, uh, to, in, order to, in order to win the match. We, uh, there's a huge amount of indulgence in, in witchcraft. Uh, you know, there's even an advert in the local newspaper where a woman claims she's got a murder that the people won't be able to see their enemies and, and be able okay. to see the future as well. The, the point is that, you know, our mindset of our population is deep in, 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 in beliefs that are, that are not technologically innovative enough. All right. Anthony Murlitz-Drift, good morning. Good morning. Unfortunately, it seems that this country is a nation of gamblers rather than and speculators rather than inventors. We spend 357 billion rounds a year, you know, on various forms of gambling. The second thing is statistics. 
South Africa only spends 0.79% of GDP on research and development. In uh, development countries are between 2.2 and 3.8. So what I want to put here is that ancient saying, there's nothing new under the sun, only things which have to be reinvented. And when you're looking at that, if you look at the tablet, it's the very latest thing. The first tablet had the 12 commandments on it, on a block of stone. The current tablet can access the whole of the Internet. What we've got to be looking at um, is the famous words of Karl Becker in the beginning of the last century. Sometimes we need to look at those things which Mm. go without saying to make sure they're still going. And what what communities have been looking at, we have to look at communities for innovation because what is not going at the present, not working, is democracy, is the banking system, is agriculture, and the education system. And all of these need to be reinvented. And we have to get back to looking at basic principles. And I'd like, if I can tell you, I was involved with the Anthony, start I'm of the management. Yeah. Okay. I'm we invented the start of Okay, you just faded away there, Anthony, but thanks for that. Uh, we'll take more calls later on 0891 I just want to read some SMSs. We must combine our ideas, entrepreneurs, scientists to invent new products. Engineering science is exciting, especially to young Marxists, says Pilani Mkatra and Soweto. Obri Murudu in Pretoria North says reintroduction of handwork classes is primarily middle school will be solution to creativity and innovation skills will be now much better with availability of internet unlike before. Uh, you uh, you wanted to say something about what Richard ha- had to say, um, Scalantis. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I know the product, is, it is an amazing product, uh, great technology. They developed it really well. And um, it, 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 the story of a debt um, shows one of the weaknesses in our system, which is that we can create great technology. <clears throat> and by the way, I think we should be spending more money on R&D and more money on, de- on commercializing mm. things. But um, for ADEPT, what they've done is amazing. The difficulty that we have is that as a nation, we don't really understand how to commercialize things globally. How do you take a product and turn it into a global hit? That's something we very weak on as a, as a nation. It's something that we, we should do well. We, if we want to compete as a nation, that's what we should do. The other speakers spoke about... Um, other things that can be uh, developed or innovated on or, you know, made better. The truth is that everything can be done better, everything from government policy to the way we handle our education system to technology. And, in fact, the SABS Design Institute, I was involved with them on a project to redesign the traditional medicine industry of South Africa, which the plant materials we have in our nation are unique. They're very powerful medicines, and they can be used in all sorts of medicines for curing uh, all sorts of diseases. And there's massive export potential for that market, but it's entirely disorganized, and there's no way of organizing that currently as a commercial thing. Mm. And that, it, it, it comes back to me always to this idea of 
great. We should be developing things. We should be researching. We should be creating technology or buying technology, by the way. I don't think that. We mm. should just develop it. You can license it and buy it. There's technology available all around the world. But do we have a competitive edge in being able to take that to market globally? Mm. And that's where I find the difficulty. Well, I, I would like us to talk a little bit more about that uh, from the innovation stage to the commercialization and also the policy environment, uh, whether or not it encourages that. And what are the incentives that are available to do that? We'll continue with our conversation in just a moment. But uh, 8.39, update of your news headlines with Fabakshini Chetty. And, of course, uh, morning talk on your radio from 9 o'clock till 12 midday. Rowena Bird, as you know, she's the globetrotter. What, sh- what should we call you? A short left because you travel a lot around South Africa. You invite a few today. <laughs> Am I a short lefter or what, my sister? So tell us what she did today. Today we're broadcasting from the Mpumalanga launch of the South African Trade Investment and Tourism Symposium. It's happening in White River. Various government departments have been invited. DTI is here. Economic Development is here. Um, Also representatives of the four major commercial banks also participating. And so are the non-commercial financiers like IDC. The objective here, Tabiso, is to to help small and medium businesses develop and thrive in the current economic climate, and I guess also to match potential investors with um, investment opportunity um, interprovincially. So that's what's happening between 9 and 12, and uh, I really look forward to a vibrant conversation and uh, a wonderful dialogue all round. Thanks, Tabiso. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks, Rowena. Rowena Bird will be with you from uh, 9 o'clock till 12 midday. Of course, we're continuing with our own conversation here on the forum. The question we're asking, how can South Africans become more uh, a more inventive society? You can give us a call on 0891-104-208, We are in conversation with Professor Andrew Forbes, the Chief Researcher and Research Group Leader at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. Uh, Tafos Kalatsis is a designer and inventor. He's in the studio here with me, Gavin McGinney, Group Manager and Head of the Design Institute and Innovation at the South African Bureau of Standards. I've got some SMSs that have come through here. P.O.N.K.Z.N. says, yet we can't develop our own TV, cell phone, DVD players, hi-fi, or any car manufacturing brands. We are still way too weak. We can't match Nigerians. He says, Daniel in Port Elizabeth says, we as doctors in South Africa often have brilliant new ideas, but the clinical burden is so immense that almost no one has time for research and development. And uh, Professor Forbes, perhaps that's the uh, thing I should come back to. In order to become more competitive as a country, I suppose there also has to be some level of support. Uh, Mr. Kalentz has mentioned it earlier on, the issue of how does one go from an idea uh, to the final product? Uh, You know, I'm sure... These kind of ventures are often considered very high risk. And also the lack of knowledge. How how do I know that while I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I've got an idea to do this, where to go? Um, Who's going to provide uh, funding for me? The feasibility of, of, of my idea. What are the strengths, the weaknesses, whether or not it's something that the market needs? Yes, no, I, you know, I think it's, it's a huge mountain to climb, isn't it? And it takes a lot of guts to start it. I think, you know, coming, I'm from a physics background, so, so when I look at what happens with young physicists, I mean, <clears throat> I think that there is, there is funding, but I think there's not enough guidance 
to find it. I don't think there's enough role models where you can look at successes and learn from people and see you know, what they did to make it work. Um, I'm delighted to hear about what's happening at the Design Institute. I mean, I, I myself wasn't even aware of that. And I think it's, it's a great intervention because what I see from, certainly from my perspective is that the government has many schemes to give you money, like TIA and the Innovation Fund that mm. we've just heard about, but not many that says, let me give you some advice. You know, so, so you almost have to come already with the plan, with the roadmap yourself, and then you'll get money, but, but nobody to help you build that roadmap and to walk you down that, that road. <coughs> um, and I think it's, you know, what some of the, the, the callers have said about lack of investment in the early stages and, and what some of our panel members have said about seeing that all the way through these are all things that, that we need to address. Those are easier to address, but I, I think it's the let me hold your hand and take you through the steps. That's the difficult part, and that's why we're not seeing enough people taking that risk. And the policy environment that exists, Mr. Ngeni, if we're going to talk about competitiveness, but uh, surely innovation itself is about the creation of new industries, but also revitalizing existing ones. Uh, the, the policy environment that exists, is it enough to facilitate all of that? Uh, are, 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 are the uh, technologically, especially, technolo- let me talk about technological integration. Uh, are there good enough policies around that area? Um, so, I mean, if I just take a look at the landscape, there's so many policies, there's so many agencies that is currently playing on the landscape. My biggest criticism is that there's no coordination. And hence, I stated earlier on that the Design Institute has make it, made it its mandate to make it easy for the person that comes from the street with an idea and we give them advice with an expert panel like the puzzles um, that's sitting there to tell them that, listen, I've walked this route for 20 years. How can we assist you to take it from idea to product and also to critically assess the design process that the Institute has worked on. We take your idea and we plot it against that there's different um, areas of entry, so to say. But I think that in South Africa, um, people do not take the user end state in mind. So we spend a lot of money on just developing an idea. And some of the agencies that we're currently working with is CEDA, as well as the Technology Innovation Fund, the Youth Innovation fund in, in TIA to basically critically apply the design process intervention. We call it 360-degree design intervention, where we take the idea and critically look at how do we develop this thing to the stage of commercialization. So as the professor stated also earlier on policies, I don't think we, we so to say, have a lack. It's just that we cannot assess the landscape really if we do not look at the integrated value chain, which is the gap that the Institute is trying to fill. And yes, we need to invest more money in R&D. But my view is invest more money in research for development rather rather than research and development. But also, just within that regard, do we do enough to attract foreign direct investments for that purpose? Do we have enabling laws for that? 
Um, well, I am not the expert to really look mm. at the legality perspective from um, a trade perspective. I'm just looking at the landscape. I mean, for me, there's currently such a lot of mining that we can do. If you just take a look at the technology transfer offices that sits at universities that's supposed to take um, to, to look at patenting and how to channel the stuff into the market, I don't really see anything happening. Um, why is it that South Africa is sitting in an innovation chasm that that indicates to me is that there's a lot of focus on R&D for the sake of R&D. There is no focus on the design interventions and bringing these aspects to life and also making sure that we create a creative economy out of this. And, and like I also said earlier on, there's for me a strong polarization or focus on just innovation for technology and then you have on the other side industrial innovation. What about services? I mean, one of your callers said earlier on, let's look at the system and start fixing what is wrong in the system. That is where design processes steps in. To take a look at the system, how to make a system work. Tassos have worked with us. We redesigned, for instance, the um, traditional medicine industry. And we looked, there's about 27 billion just flying in the sky. People don't really know how to access these funds and it's more a matter of there's a lot of policies driving this thing, so there's a lot of agencies sitting in the landscape and it becomes inaccessible to the person sitting on the ground. I suppose also starting at the grassroots is a very important yes. one. We're, we're going to take calls on 891 Mr. which is where I come to you then. If we're talking about the transfer and modes of transfer uh, in general, if we're talking about uh, transfer in terms of technology, if we're talking about unpatented know-how, so to speak, the kind of uh, associations that people who are already uh, inventors and innovators how, how do they do? Do you get together? Do you um, uh, share experiences and, and in, a, in, a, in a structured manner, should I say, that it, it would better serve you and those coming up behind you? Yeah, you know, that, that's a good one. I think that um, it, it's a difficult road, as we've said, but actually it's so rewarding, so wonderful to, to invent and to, you know, be an entrepreneur, <laughs> it's not for everybody, for, but for those people who, are, who want to create new things, it's, it's an amazing one. I mean, I, I myself um, have never had a real job, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Um, I've always been doing this. And one of the things is that, you know, actually, uh, people who are inventors don't talk enough to each other. Um, there is an institute of inventors, by the way, in South Africa, so that's one for people to look up, um, where you can get together and speak about things and, and get a lot of information and share uh, knowledge. But I think it's one of those things that uh, technologists and innovators and designers don't really get together to talk to each other about these things enough. I think if, if, if we did, we, we might have a few more. Is hits. there concern about intellectual property as well as to... Oh, yeah, look, <laughs> it's, it's always a worry. Uh-huh. It's always a worry. And... W- Every person who comes up with an idea starts to think that perhaps someone will steal it if they, if they tell people about it. Now, one must be careful, but I think that when you're working with the professional agencies, mm. when you're working with the professionals in legal advice and design and so on, these people will not steal your idea. Because the real shortage here is people who are willing to 
to to take the chance and and go out there and mm. and make the idea happen. The shortage is the people who who are going to do it, not the ideas. There are millions of ideas, and I always like saying that ideas are worth nothing uh, because you have to make them happen. And uh, when a person comes along who's willing to make an idea happen, everybody else gets excited because of the person who's mm. willing to do it, much more than the idea. I tell you what, while you say that, we've got a Mr. Abrams on the line. He's from Cape Town. He wants to share his idea on drilling. If you want to give us a call, give us a call on 891 Mr. Abrams, good morning. Good morning to you, Sophie. So I would like to find out if it is at all possible, if a gentleman can possibly give me a call, maybe Mr. Gavin Ngeni, that's in connection with, you know, instead of just having your ordinary bits and you get various kinds of bits that you drill and they either break or you can't get the right drill uh, bit uh, for, the, for the job. So the process that I'm looking at, you know, will be a completely new one, probably a heat-controlled one. And that is what I would like the gentleman what, to sort of get on the contract with. You know what we'll do, Mr. Abrams, perhaps we'll yes, share ma'am. his number with you. Uh, yes. I think that's probably best if, if we share his number with you and you can you Yes, can yes, please. Is that all right? That will be 100% correct. Uh, and and I, I love the idea that I can just sort of throw the concept to him, you know, you don't have to use bits necessarily in order to do your drilling. Mr. Mgeni, I hope you're comfortable with that. Uh, that Mr. No, Abrams definitely. Please. Definitely. Okay. That's why right. I said we have the design go to hub. Okay. We, stuff like that. We've got Piwa on the line from Johannesburg. Uh, we're taking calls on 0891-104-208. If you'd like to help answer this question, how we can become a more inventive society, or perhaps you've got ideas of your own, or you've, you know, you, you're up against a log jam of sorts and you want to know how to get out of it, or even how to even begin to dream. It doesn't all begin with a dream. 0891-104-208. It's in Johannesburg. Good morning. Hi, how are you, Spiro? Fine, thanks. Oh, welcome to innovation. I was so disappointed. Uh, I just attended a conference for access technology for people with disabilities. And it was my disappointment to see there was no any technology for people with disabilities produced in the country. And I was so so what disappointed you, Spiro? Like really, we should do something. And if you can check the statistics, like uh, people with disabilities in South Africa are like, uh, overwhelmed in terms of accidents and all that and all that. Mm. And we found that to actually accept the one innovation I recall from UCT, which was uh, useful for people to recover from uh, Serious injuries, and that was it. Mm. All right, thanks, Pierre. We're taking more calls on 0891 South Africa would become a global leader in innovation. Dumi says the majority of great nines choose to become DJs when they leave school. And M.K. Sabotoma says in knowledge-intensive economy, vocational training is crucial in an effective, pragmatic government. On Facebook, Luanda Lutuli says more innovation competitions would do the trick and government should get involved 
or open a department that will specialize in supporting innovations. Ivue Machini writes, South African schools are teaching very little work on such projects and practical assignments. One needs to attend a special school to learn about such reflexes. Uh, Professor, just to come back to you on that, one of the things that you said that is failing us in just becoming a more inventive society is you know, the, the fear of failure. And I did raise the issue earlier on about what incentives exist. So are, there, are there seminars that involve communities, for instance, as I mentioned, to teach them about either existing inventions or the potential of what um, innovation or inventions, the impact that they can have on a community? And what, what, what incentives are out there for somebody to create something that could help help our economy, help societies. I mean, there's so many different areas in which I think we could make use of new uh, entries. No, I think think you're right. There are many, many opportunities and places where one could both invent, (coughs) take it through to innovation, and then do it for the good of society and and for uplifting communities. I think we don't see a lot of it because failure is is a problem. Again, my, my personal opinion is that in South Africa, we um, tend to shun failure. We don't accept it as part of the part of the process. And so, if, if an idea fails, it's often put onto the individual to say, "No, you are you are a failure," and not that this idea just didn't work. Um, and I think we we don't embrace it and say, "Well, yeah, this is something that that one has to go through." People are very afraid of that, and they'd rather not take a risk and fail and therefore miss the opportunity of being successful. And most entrepreneurs will tell you that you know, it's inevitable that some of your ideas will not work. That's just part of the course. Mm. I, think, I think there are slowly more seminars and more training coming through. I mean, I, I'm trying to spin out a company now with two of my students, and so we are more aware of these things, and we see that there, there are some training exercises going on. There are some more opportunities. Um, so, so it's getting better, but, but I would like to see actually people talking about their failures as well as their successes and, and letting people know that, well, it's not so bad to take a risk and we'll actually applaud you for doing it regardless of the outcome. Special loans, for instance, do you think that would help perhaps maybe no interest-free loans or low-interest uh, loans? Would that help? I think that would help. You know, I think we have... As we've said now on a few occasions, there are many, many agencies that will give you money. The IDC is pretty good, I think. You know, when we went to, to start asking for money for our startup, um, one of the things that we always said to the investors, well, what else will you give us other than money? You know, what else do you bring to the table? Mm. And there was sort of a stunned silence in the sense that they only wanted to give the money. So I think the money is not really the problem in some cases, although it can be in others. Um, but, but yes, I think interest-free loans, anything that will smooth the road... Other meritorious and rewards. Sorry? I'm saying other meritorious rewards other than financial, as you say. That's right. 891 We're taking your calls. Uh, David uh, in Soweto will come to you in just a moment. Um, Mr. Kalantzis, uh, when we're talking about the grassroots, how do we get youngsters at that level to start even thinking that there's a possibility. What is the state of science and technology in this country? Uh, I know this is probably, I'm not necessarily speaking outside of your area of expertise, but I'm just talking at a school level, our education system. Does it encourage, is it encouraging enough 
to, because I think if you say science and technology to a lot of us who are not even that way inclined, you easily decline, but it, there's a lot more to it, isn't it? Yeah, there is. Um, and look, I guess you could wish for a lot more in the school system, but for me it really comes down to the individual. And uh, I would say inside school and outside of school, um, you know, helping people to understand what is possible. I think that a person who's willing to, to, to try it, willing to take an idea and, and, and run with it, and I've seen some great examples. There was a, a young Kenyan guy who started making windmills uh, that generate electricity out of bits and pieces that he found around. He's become world famous. He's had a TED Talk and so on. Um, he just carried on making windmills until eventually, I guess, he became noticed. Another young South African guy, his name's Paseka, he developed a great uh, water-saving toilet idea. It's taken him a very long time to get anywhere with that, and he's changed his idea along the road. And I think that's the point, is that if you try, your idea might not work, and you might not get funding the first time or the third time, but those that are willing to keep trying will get there. And I think you can't just rely you know, hope for uh, the education system to help you or government to help you. As we said, the things are out there, the finances out there, the advice is out there. Uh, it, it's important for a person to keep trying, keep trying with your idea. So you need to believe in your idea yourself? I think so. I think if you believe in it um, and you keep going, sooner or later the things will fall into place. And I, and I say that even for people who are really coming from a humble background in South Africa, I think the institutions that are there private and public, are very welcoming of those people. Mm. Of course, the person should know those exist. Exactly. They can find their way there. Well, this is why we're doing this, so that people do know that there are institutions out there that can help people. 0891 We are taking your calls. We've got David on the line in Soweto. You want to talk about your invention. David, hi. Yes, how are you, ma'am? Fine, how are you, David? I'm good. Yes, uh, I'd like to talk to Mr. Ngeni. I've got an invention of uh, some few uh, building uh, uh, structures that I've invented, starting from the doors, you know, coming to uh, a solid building that will withstand uh, this uh, wind, uh, you know, whenever there are hurricanes or what, uh, it can withstand that. So I'd just like to come and talk to him and showcase my invention to you. Okay, but do you want to give him a little bit of a sense, David, because I think it's it's all great that we're we're saying we'd like to talk to him, but also don't you want to get a sense of whether it's something that will fly? I I mean, I know you don't want to go into too much detail, but to just give a sense why it's so different. It it will be different because it will be for the first time, uh, starting from the doors, you know, it will be for the first time those doors have been uh, seen in South Africa. Since we have uh, new structures of buildings this nowadays, you know, the, the, the landscapes, the glass uh, buildings, you know, I, I took my invention and tried to fit it into those kind of uh, new structures. And what happened, David? You said uh, you tried to do that, but as in, did you have some level of success? Did you have problems? No, 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 no. No, it's something new that I, uh, I want to, yeah, I want to come up with. We're just going to then uh, give you that number, Mr. McGinney. Perhaps uh, we, we, we need to look at uh, numbers that we can disseminate yes. for you. But uh, if you just give me two seconds, let me take Dave, uh, Gavin's call in Durban. Good morning, Davin. Gavin. Gavin, Gavin, Gavin. Hello, Gavin. 
Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, you know, I think one of the key things that I'm finding, um, you know, my son is, uh, is an inventor, um, and he's actually just built his very first robot this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in great mind. But, you know, the, to, to take him to the next level, um, you know, he's too lazy to actually sit and do the job. Mm. Um, and I've worked with a couple of other people as mentors to try and get them to start their own business and take ideas. But I think in South Africa, you know, we, we all just want the quick buck. Um, we want someone to give us a lot of money to develop our idea, and we don't actually want to do the really hard work that it takes to get it to the next level ourselves before we expect someone else to do it for us. And I think that's one of the, the key things that we need to get past in South Africa, that actually, actually getting ideas to market and developing ideas is difficult and it's lots of hard work, and we as the, the originator have to be prepared to do that hard work, working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, if we want to see our ideas come to the market. All right. Thanks a lot, Gavin. And just to perhaps wrap up, uh, Professor Forbes, uh, what would you like to say just in terms of that, to development of skills? And where, where can we get the, those skills? Business skills, for instance, I'm sure that's also required in, in, in seeing our ideas through. Yes. No, look, one of the callers actually mentioned vocation training at, well, maybe it was an SMS. It was an SMS, training, yes. Yeah, at school. I think that's fantastic. You know, we don't need to have everybody with PhDs in physics and engineering to be inventors. That's not necessary at all. So starting at the very basic level, more technical training at schools would probably help a lot. And uh, if you're going to go all the way into the degrees, then put in some business. You know, make it compulsory for people to do a bit of accounting, a bit of business management, and just so that they're more exposed to the business opportunities within their field. That would mm-hmm. surely help. And just very briefly and finally, uh, Ms. Magani, just if you could speak to global relevance and how we could uh, ensure that uh, we're in step with the rest of the world. Well, the reality for me is uh, ensuring that we're in step with the rest of the world is to unlock the concept of design within the innovation value chain. I always tell people that, you know, bringing an idea is just an invention, but when you work on commercializing or when it becomes a relevant product that has commercial value, that is where design starts playing and then it becomes an innovation. So we need to... So again? Is there a hotline number? I'm sorry to cut you yes. off, but is there a hotline yes. number that people can call? Yes, I'm going to give the number. It's 012. 012. 428. 428. 6326. 6326. And they can also access our website. It's www.design.sabs.co.za. And my email is design at sabs.co.za. Great. Thank you very much. And a final word from you, Mr. Kalansis. Yeah, I'd say for people that have ideas, keep going and yeah, call the Design Institute. We've been helped a lot by them, so I would encourage others to do the same. All right. Thank you very much to all of you for your time, your insights. Professor Andrew Forbes, the Chief Researcher and Research Group Leader at the Council for the Scientific and Industrial Research, CSIR. Tafos Kalansis, Designer and Inventor, Gavin McGinney, Group Manager and Head of the Design Institute and Innovation at the South African Bureau of Standards. We're going to post uh, these details uh, for uh, the... Uh, SABS, the Design Institute, on our website, but that number again, 012-428-6326. It's time now for the news at 9 o'clock with Fabakshini Chetty and morning talk thereafter with Rowena Bird.